Hey, this is Mike from Hotheads. Do us a favor, we're trying to reach a larger audience. Leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening to this right now. Spotify, iTunes, leave us a comment. Let us know how we're doing. We'd appreciate that. Uh, we're also a member of the Welcome to the Show podcast network, and we'd like you to check out the website, wttspod.com. That's wttspod.com. There's a lot of good content there, including articles from our show. And you can also get a couple of other podcasts there that might be interesting to you. Thanks a lot for listening. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Fantasy Sports Podcast. That's more unpredictable than your exit last call. Get ready for all the takes that you didn't know you wanted or needed. Now here's your hosts, John, Mike, and Jimmy, the Fantasy Hotheads. And we're back. And I know we're a football podcast, fantasy football podcast, but we, you know, we love everything sports. We'd be remiss if we didn't touch on the story of the century. And, you know, century's what, 20 years old? This is a pretty big fucking story, though. The Houston Astros sign-stealing uh, scandal has uh, finally come to a conclusion. And it turns out, you know, Mr. I think it's a joke and this and that, A.J. Hinch knew about it the whole time. Just didn't want to do anything. Well, I broke the monitor once or twice, he said. But he never stopped the players from doing it. Alex Cora out in Boston. They're a bunch of fucking cheaters, too. So we have back-to-back World Series, the two- 2017 Astros and the 2018 Red Sox. Both won under suspicious circumstances. And now we find out it's not suspicious. They were outright cheaters. So, I mean, I know we're going to get into football. We're going to get into the playoffs in a little bit. But, I mean, this is a huge story. This is a huge story across sports. I mean, is everybody in New England just a bunch of fucking cheaters when it comes to professional sports? Next thing, next thing, we're going to have the uh, Celtics are playing with like radar guided balls. Like, what's going on here? I don't know. Cora and Belichick must have a line to each other, you know, figuring out the right ways to uh, try to get away with shady business. Yeah. It's the only thing I can think. I mean, uh, Mike, I know you're not the biggest baseball guy, but like, I don't know if these numbers are going to make much sense to you. I sent this text out to you guys earlier today. It is the Astros home road splits from the 2017 title run. And it's just staggering. I mean, they're eight and one at home, which, you know, at home field advantage, it's great. Eight and one is still, you know, it's really impressive. I mean, we're talking about some of the greatest teams in Major League history in the playoffs don't have an eight and one record in one postseason on the road or at home. So they're eight what? and one at home in nine games, 51 runs scored. So it's just over five runs a game. So we're looking at like 5.4 runs a game, which is a lot of runs, especially against playoff caliber pitchers. Um, 18 home runs in nine games, averaging two home runs a game. So some games more, some games less. Obviously, you know how averages work. 37 extra base hits. That's on top of the 18 home runs. So throw the 18 home runs in there. You have. 55 extra base hits throughout the uh, eight-game eight stretch. Um, a two seventy three batting average, again, against playoff caliber pitchers. And we're not talking about weather games because they're in Houston in the Dome. So these are pr- uh, prime conditions. So it's not like the pitcher couldn't feel the ball. He, he was getting away from This is prime conditions for the pitchers. Um, a three forty three on-base plus slugging, which, again, crazy at a 519 slugging percentage. So 843 all-base plus slugging, I'm sorry. Um, dude, that's just ridiculous. Now, compare this to their road splits, 3 and 6 on the road. So a team that could bear the only game they lost at home in in 17 
was to the Yankees in extra innings. And it was, I believe it was an 11 inning game. So they were very close to being nine and L at home. So a team that could do no wrong at home goes on the road, three and six, their runs get cut nearly in half, 27 runs scored, nine home runs cut exactly in half, 24 extra base hits cut almost in third, uh, a two eight two oh eight average dropping almost seventy points, uh, two eighty four OBP dropping again. Uh, it's a, was that another fifty points? Yeah, another sixty points, and then a three forty seven slugging dropped almost two hundred points. Yeah, so you say what you want to say, like the numbers don't lie. The, the players don't change that much from home to road. You know? Yes. That's that's kind of where I want to go with this, right? So again, you said it. I'm not I'm not a huge baseball fan. I'm, I try and pay attention as much as I can, but um, really not not involved with it. So I'm going to ask questions, and I'm going to sound like an idiot asking these questions, but maybe they'll get us to where we want to be, right? So number one, I I know that sometimes home away, like I, I can understand that aspect of it. Uh, as a hockey fan, I know there are advantages to you know being the home team because of where you change on the, you know, where you have your line changes on the ice and things like that in baseball. Is there any kind of advantage to being at home other than it's your home crowd? Well, like, is there, yeah, there is because in baseball, baseball is different from every other sport. Two things, no clock and there's no set dimensions for the stadium or for the field. Like right. every, every pitcher's mound is 60 feet, six inches, the home plate, every ba- base path is 90 feet. Right. But other than that, they, it, it's the wild, wild west. You got stadiums that are three, four twenty to dead center. You got stadiums that are four oh eight to dead center. You got stadiums at three ninety eight dead center. You got three fourteen down the line in Yankee Stadium. You have three eighteen down the line in down the left field line in Boston with a thirty five foot wall, forty foot <laughs> wall. However fucking tall that stupid stadium wall is. <laughs> yeah, it's you, the old Astros Stadium used to be cavernous in center field and. Not that it wasn't hard enough to play the outfield there because how deep it was. When you got to the warning track, there was a fucking hill. Oh, I, they actually built a hill, hill. Yep. into the wall. Like So you're running, you're running, you're running, and then boom, you hit a hill fall flat on your face. So there is – you get used to your home park. You get used to hitting in your home park. Your GM builds your lineup around, around how people hit the ball to certain parts of the field. The Yankees used to go out and, and overpay – year after year after year for left-handed power bats because 314 down the line in right field, you know, you get some of these guys like Jason Giambi, he hits a pop-up, it goes. You know, but yeah. now with, with the, the emergence of analytics and people trying to go opposite field and trying to break the shift, more people are able to hit it out opposite field. So now it's not so much left-handed heavy in the Yankees lineup. In fact, this year I think they're only going to have one full-time lefty in the lineup. Um but, like, yeah, so there is a definite home field advantage. And not only that, like the clubhouses, you're just used to the field. You're used to the way it plays. You're used to a lot of different things um, in your home ballpark than on the road. But as far as, you know, hitting, like seeing the pitch, it might be a little different because you have the backdrop, right? Most fields – or I think every stadium has the batter's eye where there's nothing directly behind That's the fine. pitcher that can take your – that the ball can blend into but I mean, so, sort of splits to be this drastic, 
Yeah, I mean, is is there a really big difference between the Astros park and say, I mean, you know, you were talking about the overall playoffs, so it's hard to say. I mean, but they played the most games against uh, who the Yankees and um, the series before that was I can't remember. Was it the Dodgers? No, the Dodgers was the World Series. So they played four games at home against the Yankees. Right. Right. And then I think they beat a dog. I don't think they. Um, yeah. So they played 18 games total that that postseason. What they went 11 and seven. Right. Yeah. So you got to win 11. To, yeah. 11 and seven. They lost. All but three games on the road, right? Yeah. So they lost. Yeah, they went three and six on the road. So you could clearly see it's not just home cooking. Something was something was going on there. Now, basically, just for again, this is a layman who knows nothing about baseball, right? So, like stealing signs basically means that the batters were the batters aren't the ones stealing the signs. It's somebody else stealing the sign, passing on the information. Then they do that so, thing where they touch their balls in their fucking forehead, whatever, right? Sign and stealing. So, uh, yeah, yeah, let me let me stop you there. Sign stealing's been around forever. Like Jimmy, you stole signs in like we stole signs in little league. We stole Absolutely. signs in high school ball. Like you can steal signs. Guy on second looking in catches the catcher's signal. You can give location. You lean one way if it's going to be inside. You lean another way if it's going to be outside. You know, you, you, you touch your elbow if it's a fastball, or you touch, you touch your knee if it's a breaking ball. That's fair game. That's gamesmanship. But when you bring technology into it, they had a camera in center field set up to a feed to a monitor right behind the dugout. So you have a guy like Alex Bregman, let's say, looking at the, at the signals. Now, they decode the signals, right? They, they, they catch the, the, the signal sequence. So he knows it's going to be a fastball. He says, hey, fastball. Guy doesn't hit the garbage can. He's like, next pitch. Breaking ball. All right, breaking ball. Hits the garbage can. Next one, slider. Hits the garbage can twice. So the, the guy at, the, at bat, as soon as that signal is accepted, he's getting those bangs knowing what to look for. So he knows – he basically knows what pitch is coming and where it's going to be. Yes. More or less. Which yep. is – I mean, that's, that's a humongous advantage. And now if you're doing that just by your standing out second base, you pick something up. Great. Good for you. But when you bring technology into it and you go to the extremes that they did, it's a little crazy. And now this is where I get a little conspiracy theory on you because there was an at-bat against the Yankees, Robinson Torinos, the backup catcher. or I guess he was a starting catcher, but he's a backup catcher on every other fucking team he's on. Uh, he's, a, he's a starting catcher. He swings, right? Something silver flies off of the bat. He runs out, grabs it off the grass, and shoves it in his back pocket. Now, there had been rumors leading up to this that the, the, they thought that the Astros were using, like, buzzers in their, either on their wristbands or in their gloves, like two clicks for a curveball, three clicks for a changeup, one click for a fastball on their palm. He fouled off a ball except it went flying off the bat, and he did not, could not get there fast enough to put that back in his back pocket. So, like, little things like that. And then when Altuve hit the game-winning home run in seventeen. He's yelling. The big celebration used to be like rip the jersey off the guy, right? You rip the jersey off the guy. And he's yelling to the dugout as he hits third base, don't rip my jersey off. Don't rip my jersey off. Don't rip my jersey off the whole way down the base path. Well, why is he doing that? Is he, hiding, is he hiding something under that jersey? Is there something on his, on his body that he doesn't want people to see? Does he have a third nipple? Or does he have <laughs> some sort of electro device that you know, like almost like electroshock. Dude, I, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm immediately thinking of that scene from Casino where the guy's got the pencil eraser attached to the little robotic arm, tapping him on the fucking thigh. Yep. Something. Hilarious. There's something. You know, and they weren't. They weren't 
they weren't really hiding it. You know, um, a guy I love to follow on Twitter, <laughs> John Boy, he, uh, he's the one that really broke this story. He went back and he found video and he like synced up these banging on the trash can noise with these, these guys either spitting on these nasty breaking balls or fucking sending them yachts. And it turns out there was a guy, he's uh, Danny Farquhar. He took a, a liner back to the head a couple of years back. He, uh, he's with the Yankees for a cup of coffee this year, but there's a video of him pitching against Houston in Houston. And you can hear the ba- or you can hear the bangs. And he steps off the mound and looks at their dugout and puts his arms up like, come on, guys, really? Yeah. And then Mike Fires, who pitched for the Astros, came out this year and said, he's like, yeah, man, they're cheaters. This is what they do. And A.J. Hinch got all smug in his press conference. Oh, blah, blah, blah. This doesn't happen. You know, if I knew this was going to – if it would take this to get under the Yankees' skin, I would have put this rumor out there years ago. And lo and behold – He's a fucking liar. He's a cheater. Yeah. And he's bounced out of baseball. I'm with you, man. I, I, I kind of agree. It's the when you bring in the technology aspect of it, when you go out of your way to to make it that easy to get access to that. Yeah. That I mean, you know, the, the way that baseball purists talk about this game, it's like, you know, you would think that little tiny things are such a huge deal. Now you're talking about, I mean, like how long did it take to get replay and, you know, involved and and all that kind of stuff. And I hate replay. And the the only reason replay came back or came in is because Jim Joyce blew a perfect game. How bad is this? I remember the umpire's name. I can't remember the fucking pitcher's name. Uh, (laughs) He literally, it was the 27th out and the guy was out and Jim Joyce, first base umpire called the guy safe and, like took this perfect game, this once in a lifetime moment away from this guy. And God, I can't remember the fucking guy's name. Anyway, not important, but like, that's really what nudged baseball in the bring replay. in. it was like, geez, yeah, that's a bad look. Uh, I'm just saying it's, it's like, it's impossible to get anyone who is at like an old school baseball fan to accept any kind of change, to accept any kind of, you know, whatever and then to to see it go to this level i, I mean with the whole steroids thing like you know the asterisks and all that like i mean what does this do to the world series Yo, they these, put an asterisk clubs? next to roger maris's name because because they, they didn't like it right they, they I, I, went out of their way <laughs> to figure out ways to not let him have that record from babe ruth just because he wasn't a very outgoing guy like he was a private player. meanwhile meanwhile that's i mean like how much more natural could you be hitting that many home runs it just he was a great baseball player yeah man he was a fucking kansas farm boy right now you're talking about using cameras setting up you know i mean setting up a monitor in the dugout that's that's that that there's no way that that's legal yeah there's gonna be more stuff coming out because this isn't something that like well so alex core the manager of the red sox well former manager of the Red Sox, oh, was the bench coach for the Astros crazy. when they started doing this. He's oh, the one crazy. that pretty much enacted all of this. Like, he's the one that put this into play. Him and Carlos Beltran, who is now the manager of the Mets, or is he? According to his niece, he's not. According to him, he still is. Um, so, And they just, they just hired him. He hasn't actually... He has not coached yet. one game yet. Right. So, but... So, Cora... At this point. Cora resigns, gets fired, whatever. They kind of made an amicable, amicable split yesterday. But this is in 
in the shadows, you hear all these rumors like, well, this was Alex Corey. He's the one that did this. And there was rumors, and I don't know how substantiated they are, lifetime ban. You have Mr. Lifetime Ban himself, Pete Rose, coming on and saying, this is way worse than what I did. I just bet on my teams to win. These guys actually change the outcomes of games. You know? So, like, when you look at it like that, they really they affected two World Series. And, like, how many guys that are tweener guys on pitching staffs lost their jobs because they got shelled by the Astros? Right, how many guys exactly. lost the chance at, you know, being a big leaguer because they went out there and these guys decided to cheat and hit four home runs in an inning. And this guy's not in the major leagues anymore because of it. You know, like it's, there's countless amounts of people. How many, how many coaching staffs were let go after, you know, being trounced in that division for the last three years, or it's just, there's so many people that are affected by this cheating and for them not to strip the MVP awards and strip the World Series and the World Series MVPs and the batting titles and all this shit that they've done for them not to strip that is just a joke. Like, yeah, you suspended the G or you sp- suspend the GM and the manager for a year. You find the team five million. The guy's a fucking billionaire. Five million is like five hundred bucks to a normal person. Yeah, you'll notice it, but it's not really going to affect your life. So, I mean, the draft picks, the first two round picks for the next two years. All right, well, they're a top five team in the league, so it's going to be a back end of the first round pick. Which usually don't pan out for four or five years anyway. Say how, so you're how not you're not going to feel the effects of this. Anyway. It's and they're going to go out and hire a guy like Buck Walter, or they'll bring in one of these other big name managers that are out there to be hired. They're not going to feel the effect of the manager. They're not going to feel the effect of the GM going away. This is really like everybody says. Oh, they ha- they laid the hammer. I don't think they fucking did. I think this is a slap on the wrist. I think uh, I think the commissioner went to went to the. I can't remember the guy's name. I'm like blanking on everything. He's so fucking angry right now. They went to the owner of the Astros and said, hey, look, you know, you have two options. Punishment A is this, 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 and this. Or option B is you fire your GM, you fire your coach, and you get the lesser ends of the punishment. And obviously, what's he going to do? He keeps his World Series. Altuve keeps his, keeps his uh, MVP you know, which should have been Aaron Judge's. That World Series should have went to the Yankees or, or the Dodgers. I mean, the Dodgers did make it to the World Series back-to-back years, lost the two cheaters. But it's like Altuve, great season in 2017, signs a $150 million contract the next year. Like, if, 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 I'm, if I'm the owner of the Astros, I'm pissed. I got fucking hoodwinked. Wow. Man, buddy, you said a lot there. I, well, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I've been that's... like... I was hoping you guys wanted to touch on this tonight because well, I am I'm fucking pissed, man. Like Mike was talking about baseball purists. I like to think I'm a baseball progressive, but I love the fucking sport of baseball. Like I I don't you guys I don't know if you guys do it. Like I sit around on Saturday afternoons and if the Yankees are playing at night, I'll watch other teams play. I'll watch I have the baseball package. I'll watch other games just because I like watching the sport. Yeah, I barely pay attention to the Yankees games. <laughs> like it's, yeah, I mean, I'm admitting it now, guys. It's not my favorite sport. You yeah, know what I mean, like, yeah. You know well, that, obviously, I mean, but like for these the Astros fans and the Astros front office and the Astros coaches, for them to act the way they did, knowing full well they were cheating their fucking asses off the whole time, and just, just it's the typical alpha athlete mentality. Oh, I've gotten away with everything my whole life. It nothing matters. I can get away with anything. It doesn't matter what I do because I'm better than you. 
And that's really how they come off right now. Like, they weren't even hiding it. During the ALCS, Yankees-Astros, Bregman was walking down the first baseline after a walk, pointing into the dugout, telling them what to look for. Like, not even hiding it. You know, it's just the arrogance that these guys displayed. And then for, for Cora, in a press conference, after they got shellacked in London against the Yankees, saying that the best free agent signing for the Yankees in the offseason was Carlos Beltran and then to wink and smile because because now they're paying attention to details. What the fuck do you think that means? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it's just I, – I didn't want to spend this much time on this, but it's just <laughs> fucking aggravating, man. It's just so – I'm in between the two of you and how much baseball I watch. I watch a lot more Yankees baseball, but I do love the game. You know, it's, it's a game I played. It's a game my son plays. And, you know, clearly the numbers don't lie here. And, you know, it's either you, everyone gets to do it or no one gets to do it. I, I agree that the response wasn't big enough. But, I mean, the fact is those games are over. You can't replay them. And you can't go backwards. It just, it just sucks and it cheapens the game. It puts a big black mark on a game that I actually love. And uh, it's a shame, you know, and it's, you can't get that back. Let me let me ask you going backwards. Let me ask you, Jim. Where are you at? Do you think that titles and individual awards should be vacated? So you can take away the individual awards. That's easier. All right, I'll do the. You're no longer an MVP. Great. But the championship, it's not like you can go. All right, well let's let's uh, let's put those teams back together and play one more game. No, I I say who really wins. I say in the annals of baseball history. 2017, 2018, you wipe you wipe the record of the champion. There is no there is no World Series champion that year. Or you award it to the NL team. And you, you, since it's the Dodgers both year, the Dodgers get two more ticks on their record. Wow. Yeah. I, I just yeah. I just don't see. I don't it's... feel like this hit these the especially the Red Sox. Nothing happened to them. Like right. this didn't hit them hard enough. And for. You see the series like you saw the, the Red Sox put on the Yankees over uh, in July where every pitch was either a ball or a home run. You think they weren't, they weren't catching signals in that game? We put up 56 runs in a three-game set. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's bold. It's bold to say that's what needs to happen, but at the same time, you know, Listen, they they did so. What they did to Pete Rose was pretty extreme, right? But they they had to hammer it home. They had to make a point. Yeah, every every baseball clubhouse that you walk into, I don't know if you've ever done a stadium tour, says no gambling permitted. Right, right. Every there's a sign outside every clubhouse. So like, yeah, guys sitting there and they play cards, and they say, but when they talk about gambling, they're talking about sports betting. So Pete Rose saw that sign every day and still did what he did. Like you go back to the steroid users, nothing changed with them until they started throwing out these 80 game suspensions. And even then you still get guys getting popped. Something drastic has to be done. And the punishment that they needed to levy for the first time, they caught somebody actively stealing signs with technology. I feel wasn't enough. Like it's been going on forever. You go back to the shot her around the world, Dodger or Dodgers versus uh, Giants. It came out years after that the Giants had a, a guy in center field with a spyglass, and he was 
basically uh, Morris Cody the pitches in. Like he, still, it's the, I, one of the know. most famous home runs in the history of baseball. And you find out it was you find out years later it was they were cheating. And the pitcher Ralph Branke even said he's like he said like days and months and years later till the day he died he's like I know they were stealing my signs. I know they had my signs. And he was right. Is there, is there any way that they can change their communication? To I mean, I, like instead of doing signs, is it possible to to have an earpiece or something like that where the manager just delivers him the signs? You know through a microphone is that really that crazy well no because the manager control? most part manager doesn't call the game the catcher calls the game catcher calls so the catcher's well, sitting the there ca- if he's well, gonna talk he's gonna yeah. you got the batter right there he might as well just hey fastball's coming dickhead right so <laughs> i mean basically it's this one is, of those situations where maybe you know either they're gonna have to figure out a way to be more progressive with the way they call a game you know change it up every couple innings or something i mean i don't know obviously it's an, it's an issue no and, you know how you do it you get the you get the monitors out of the clubhouse. You get the monitors out of the hallway. Like they weren't even like in the clubhouse. The monitor was literally like you walk down the stairs, and it was right there. Like you could literally look at it if you leaned over from the dugout into the hallway. You can look at yeah, the monitor. That's, that's and with re and they have an excuse to have it there because now with replay you have a replay official. What they should do is well, can... replay official should have to be up in the booth. You know what about putting, it should uh, be anyway. What about putting an official like a dugout official just somebody that chills in the dugout to make sure things are going appropriately Is yeah then you gotta have uh, i guess so have, but you're you're, you're, you you're babysitting 30, yeah you have to have 30 dugout officials you're and baby then, you're babysitting grown men you know, are just, they team are they team appointed guys like does the yankees have a guy that travels with them and he sits in the other team's dugout you know like no, it basically would be an extra an extra official two extra yeah. officials yeah yeah, two extra officials that you add to the crew. I guess I. The game. I'm. I'm just listen again. A layman, I know nothing about baseball, so like I, I literally could be throwing things out there that are just. If ridiculous. The penalty's big enough. I, next year, all I know is if I'm the Dodgers, I learn from this, and next year I figure out a better way to steal signs. Yeah. <laughs> right, and, and, and then I win. But and now here's so, the crazy thing. The, this was a this was a, a scam enacted by a bench coach, and. They said anywhere from five to 12 players, right? None of these players are being punished. All the players got immunity, so they would talk about it. Oh, man. So, like, what was the point? Yeah. Like, there's no suspensions. There's no fines, nothing. These guys just get off scot-free. They get a World Series, an MVP, a $150 million contract. And they just get to go right on doing it like nothing happened. Yeah, I was going to say it makes it worth it for them. I can tell you right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. If, if, you, if, you, if you told me I could do that, I could have all of those things and and have a championship, I would sign up for that in a, in a minute. Mm-hmm. Who, would, who wouldn't? I mean, fucking Tom Brady does it every year. Yes, he does. <laughs> well, that's – and now listen, that's – just to bring it full circle, one of the reasons that I did want to talk about this on this particular podcast – I know it's a fantasy football podcast, and I know that I know nothing about baseball. But I felt like it was important enough to bring up because, number one, it's it's a huge story. To me, this is this is big. This is bigger in some ways than, like, the steroids controversy just because of how blatantly – like, this is blatant cheating. You know what I mean? Like, just to me, it seemed like, wow, man, that's, that is just bold, right, to go this far with it. But it also ties back into some of the cheating stuff that we've seen in football, right? Like – 
you know, how far is too far? You Videotaping on other teams' sidelines like, so you get their signals. Like that's that's, that's the equivalent far. of what they're doing. Right, that is too far to me. You, you should not be videotaping another team's practice. Imagine this in football terms. Poor form. Imagine this in football terms. You were able to tell your defensive captain on the headset while you have your open communication window the exact play that's going to be run. Right. That's that's. <laughs> that makes it really easy to win. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say it, but like it make it puts things into perspective for uh, Mister. Uh, you know, Mr. Six Rings or Seven Rings, or rings that fucking guy yeah. has. Yeah. Listen, I, I know you want advantages, and, you, and, and and listen, you find the ways to the edge you have for your team. But at the end of the day, the game should be won between the paint. Like we joke, we joke with Mike all the time about our fantasy league. You know, like Mr. Playing outside <laughs> the rules, right? But like now, it'll be one thing when he kind of like bends the rules or like goes to the extreme where there isn't a rule, so he does something, finds a loophole. That's one thing. Like the timeout thing in the NFL where you could take like a minute off the clock towards the right. end of the game like that w- by getting back-to-back penalties. It's not against the rules. It's kind of shitty, but it's not against the rules. Like, but once they go to the part where, all right, that's gamesmanship. Mm-hmm. Using a video camera, an advanced team to tape a team's signals and then bring it back under the guise of, you're doing a biography piece on your advanced scout. Really? Who the fuck cares about your advanced scouts? <laughs> like nobody. Right. That's when you cross the line from gamesmanship to cheating. In my opinion, T- taping the sideline, taping a workout, taping a walkthrough of another team to get their, to get their formations of what plays they're running and their game plan. That's cheating. Sending an advanced scout to a game to take notes, not cheating. That's studying guy on second base. Looking in to try to catch catch a peak of location on a pitch and send it to the hitter, gamesmanship, sending the exact pitch to a batter using a video, uh, a, a camera, a monitor, and a trash can, cheating. Like it's not that hard to decipher. Going to the right. gym and working your you ass more. off to be in shape and be the best you've ever been. Good, sticking a needle in your ass and taking HGH, cheating. It's not that hard to decipher right from wrong. They make it sound like there's all these gray areas. There's really not. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. There really is. Like Andy Pettit, one of my favorite pitchers. You fucking cheat it. You only use it to come back from an elbow injury. Sorry, I don't buy it. You cheat. Yeah, not true. You know. <laughs> David Ortiz. Oh no, your name was on that list by mistake. Then everybody else's name was on that list by mistake. No, sorry, you're on that list with a Rod. You fucking cheated. And I'll be perfectly honest with you guys. As far as the steroids come down, I'm a guy right now. All those guys are up for the Hall of Fame. I'm a guy that says put them in because at that point in the game, everybody was fucking cheating. So it was basically a level playing field. Right. I agree with you 100%. I feel like the pitchers were on it. The batters were on it. Like Barry, it Bonds, it Barry Bonds was a Hall of Famer before he started juicing. And he, right. and that's, he became prolific after. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what the another argument that a lot of people like to use. But it's uh, – you know what? To me, it's – I, it's hard for me to have an opinion, you know, like I said, because I'm not I'm not a big fan of that game. Um, you know, when you look at the Patriots and the things that they've done, the way they've stretched, I feel like it's 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 gotten I, I actually like the way that they've penalized them. And, and eventually, if they get caught again, it's going to get worse. Like you're you're eventually going to start losing draft picks like big draft picks. I mean, a first round draft pick to an NFL franchise is everything. 
right? I mean, it can literally change the tide of your yeah. your entire yeah. franchise. But one not player. so much for baseball when you have right. five exactly. different Base- five different levels of your team. You got 150 players in your, in your organization, but. You know, when I look at uh, other sports, you know, I mean, it's the same thing with hockey. Hockey, first round picks, not so important as football, but much more important than, say, a sport like baseballs. It's just sport by sport, different different things, different punishments. It all comes down differently, right? I, I just yeah. feel like it as a sports story, this was an important story. It, it, because... it really is. And I don't think people quite understand. I think they think this all came down because the Yankees were whining about losing and not getting to the World Series. It's not. Right. Like, this wasn't – this was brought about by a former Houston pitcher, a Chicago White Sox pitcher. And then once they came out, a ton of other pitchers came out and said, yeah, man, we know it, but nobody ever does anything about it. Like, baseball was dying, and then Sosa and McGuire went on that home run race, right, to chase yeah. chase Ruth. And clearly they're two, the two of them are doing steroids. Baseball didn't care. They celebrated. They, they made them their faces. They made them the face of baseball. And then three years later, all of a sudden, steroids is the worst thing in the world for baseball. It's killing the integrity of the game. Well, it wasn't killing the integrity of the game when it was saving the game, was it? No. So like, that's the problem baseball has. They, they never come down too hard on their own because they never know what to do. It's just, I don't know. It's just, it's such an aggravating situation because they literally took game, they, they took, they, they changed outcomes of games, like literally changed the outcome of the game. Like, it's like they went out there and it's the ninth inning. They're down three runs and they're like, all right, well, we're just going to put four runs on the board and the game's over. Like, they just changed scores. That's what they did. They basically, after the fact, changed the scores of the games because they knew what was going on. They knew the pitches. And you could say, all right, you could know the pitch, but you still have to hit the pitch. Motherfucker. True, but it's a lot easier. Yeah, That's that's the hardest thing about baseball is guessing the pitch. All these guys can go up there and hit 99 miles an hour. All these guys Dude, can hit a breaking like ball a, if they know it's coming. That's like playing poker with, with three players and you know what everybody else's hand is. I mean, you know, the outcome of the cards that hit the table after you start playing the hand yep. could change the hand. But if you know what, what everybody has, you know how to play it. Yeah. That's, that's everything. everything. That's absolutely everything. Good analogy. So, in summary, Astros and Boston, fuck both. Yep. Um, fuck yeah. Let's, uh, let's transition to some football. You sure you don't want to talk more baseball? I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm good no, to go. No, that, was, that, was, that was enough. That was enough for good me. Go now, sure was enough for Mike. I'm, I'm done. That's my quota for the year. Yeah. I'm sure there will be more shitty stuff to talk about uh, in in the coming days. Yeah, but for now, go, like Beltran getting the axe tomorrow. Maybe it's happening right now. Who knows? It's not. I actually have uh, I have MLB.com, MLB trade rumors, everything up right now in front of me, and nothing's come across. All right. So, what do you want to start with? Last week's uh, Saturday games? Yeah, sure. sure. Uh, chronologically. Chronologically. Chronologically, the word of the day. Nice. So, some Vikings 49ers action. Uh, the most boring game of the weekend? Yeah, let's talk about oh, that. Start, start. Well, there you go. Uh, 49ers won. Want to move on? 49ers <laughs> won. That defense is for real. They did. Yes. They basically just going to run the ball and let the defense smother you. I feel very scared for Aaron Rodgers this week. I agree 100%. 100%. You know, it's – the 
Kirk Cousins with with pressure is just a a scary quarterback, man. You know what I mean? Like he's, <laughs> I don't know, not scary good. Either. He's scary. Like yeah, I'm, I'm not like scary like fright like Jason Fright Night shit. Yeah. You know, um, like I'm scared yeah, for my life. Good. I'm scared for Kirk Cousins. But the they they were able to take away the two biggest weapons from that offense, and they had absolutely no answer for it. Oh, dude! Um, At one point, I looked. It was like halfway through the third quarter, maybe into the fourth. And Cook had like 80, 18 rushes for 50 yards or something like that. Yeah, I mean, that's just uh, smothering, absolutely smothering. They just had no answer. They couldn't They couldn't do anything with it. I can tell you right now that Tevin Coleman absolutely screwed my uh, my DFS lineups. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. He had nine rushes for 18 yards. Yeah, in the third quarter? No, for the game. For the game? Oh, my God. Yeah, terrible. I didn't have Dalvin Cook going in, in most of my DFS lineups, but I did have like Raheem Mostert going a lot. And nope, Tevin Coleman day. That's that's the forty nine. Yeah, yeah, this is what you have to look forward to with the Niners. That guys. Good luck drafting. Right. No, I thought it was Good less luck. than fifty, but yeah, there's no way that they only ran thirty seven plays in the game. I think they only got like uh, it was the Vikings game, right? Like they only got like six first downs or something ridiculous. Yeah, it could yeah, be. Yeah. I mean. Jimmy no, Garoppolo you, only attempted 19 passing passes. Look, that's the thing, man. He doesn't. He doesn't need to be great. He just needs to not make huge mistakes. Yeah. They're going to beat Te- you on defense and, and shut you down. How about Tevin Coleman alert? 22 carries. I just not okay. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> what, what happened? Nothing. That's what he's been talking about. <laughs> it's a great stat. Good stat. I didn't even hear you. Yeah, it's okay. Oh, dude. <laughs> Such such good thing. Anyway, so I, I agree. For Forty Niners uh, next week, you're going to see a lot more of that defense. Uh, brutal. I don't. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. I agree with John. I'll tell you, man. I, I agree with your your take 100. percent I think that the Packers are in for a, a big wake up call here. Um, that's going to be a tough defense to play against, and uh, you know, Rodgers. I don't know, man. It, it, it's going to have to be pretty amazing to to see him get out of some of that dude, Nick Bose is just going to live in that guy's in that guy's kitchen, man. It's going to be great. Yeah. Well, I mean, you look at that whole front, that whole front four, you got four number one draft picks across the board from 49ers. If it's not Bosa, it's going to be Buckner. If it's not Buckner, it'll be Armstead. You know, it's, there's just so much going on there. They are so fast and strong up front. It's, it's pretty awesome. So since we since you already started hitting on it, right? Packers won, and we're gonna go out of order now. Uh, Packers beat Seattle. I mean, I you know I think I'm the only one that called this game right. By the way, uh, yes, I called Seattle, and, and it should have been I also, Seattle. I don't understand I why they punt the ball with three minutes left, and your defense hasn't really been able to stop them consistently all day. Why punt the ball there? Go for it. Like I des- I don't understand. Like if you're gonna lose, lose with your best player on the field. Don't lose yep. with fucking Russell Wilson sitting on the sideline. Well, maybe he needed a break because he was running for his life the entire game. Uh, he, has, yeah. he has six days to rest after the game's over. Now he Holy has six cow. months. It's like, uh, it, it's just, I, dude, he was, snapped the ball and there was a green jersey in front of him. It, it was That ridiculous. offensive line was atrocious. Like really bad. They had their worst game of the season in the most important game yeah. of the season. So that that sucks for them. And you know what? Whatever whatever Russell Wilson's making this year, I know he signed a big extension. It's not enough. 
that that <laughs> team, if he's not on that team, let's say let's put Jimmy Garoppolo on that team and put Russell Wilson somewhere else. Ooh, that's a bad team. That's a, that's yeah. a terrible team. Six, maybe six win team, maybe. Yeah, because their deep dude, their defense this year not is that good. Not that good. Because you know, you know, in the past we've argued about like MVP, like who should be MVP, a guy that takes their team to win. Their team wouldn't have been there without him. You know what I mean? It's like so. You t- like you said you take him away. That that offense is nothing, especially since at that, this point in time they've had no running game for like two or three weeks. You're relying on fat, overweight, really slow Marshawn Lynch. And that was a bad game all around for Seahawks. Yeah, it was. I mean, and the funny thing is, they're they're one they're one possession away from winning that game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, Russell Wilson. Wait, so that's the NFC for you guys. Packers beat Seattle, Seattle, 49ers, demolished Vikings. Vikings look stupid. Should we just go go into the prediction right now? Yeah, actually. think it's going to win this game? It sounds like I think we're, we're going to be pretty well aligned on this one. Uh, too much defense. Too much defense coming out of the 49ers. There's no way Packers yeah. win this game. You know, the revenge factor for Aaron Rodgers is it's real, dude. Like, you go back to that draft day and you look at the anger on his face when they talk to him about it. Like he wants yeah, to Alex, Alex Smith, Alex Smith. Like, yeah. His hometown team, his hometown team took somebody else over him. And then uh, he uh, had that epic fall in the draft and just sat there at that table by himself stewing and getting that chip bigger and bigger and bigger. And I, I want, I want this for Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers is annoying, uh, but I want this <laughs> win for him. I just don't see it happening. Yeah. I don't think he's I yeah, I'm not I'm not a believer. I just don't think that they're going to do it. I stand by our our statements from before. Worst 13 and 3 team that I've ever seen. Like their their defense looked amazing against the Seahawks because they were getting all kinds of pressure against a better offensive line without that pressure. I think, you know, that their defense can be uh, exploited. They're not very good, you know, um, on the back end. You know, I, I think you can throw against that team. So that's going to be a little bit more interesting to see. That's well, the yeah, lock is it. that the offense, lock it the offense doesn't day. really match up against the defense. You know what I mean? So What did, did Lockett finish with on uh, Sunday? Uh, I'm, I know that both he and Metcalf went over 100. No, yards, Metcalf right? only had 15. Yeah, Metcalf had a terrible day. Uh, Lockett had nine receptions out of ten targets for 136 yards with a touchdown. Oh, so he had all the yards. Yeah, yeah, he had all the yards. So you could do that. I mean, but Adams had a great day. I mean, if you can keep that connection between Aaron Rodgers and Adams, yeah, Adams, you got to keep. You got to keep for 160 people. and two. Yeah, but it's going to have to be another huge day like that. I think that in, if you if Green Bay wins this game, it's going to be because Devontae Adams had over 200 yards. And Aaron Rodgers spent a lot of time running. Because I don't For think Aaron, life. I do not think Aaron Jones is going to have a lot of room to run the ball on Sunday. Well, here's the other thing: is like you know maybe Aaron Jones won't have a big rushing day. Maybe he'll have a huge receiving day. Maybe it'll be one of those type of situations. I mean, no. they've surprised me before when I've seen it go the other way. You know, all of a sudden, bam! It's a fucking Aaron Rodgers or an Aaron Jones day, and he has nine touchdowns in one one freaking game. I just I just don't see the team that made Dalvin Cook irrelevant. For a day is going to, is is going to let Aaron Jones yeah. like all just all of a sudden blow up. Them. It's just not going to happen. I agree with you 100. But also, don't forget, this is also the team that gave up <laughs> 200 total yards to Kenyon Drake, 
after Kenyon Drake was on a team for less than 72 hours. I feel like those games against Arizona are just like, you know, those hidden bye weeks where the team just kind of plays down. I think that thing, I think, I really think that exists. You see it too often where a team plays against an inferior team and they play down to that competition. I don't know. I could be wrong. No, no, I think, I think you're right. Like that, there's something to be said. Like we've always joked about it for years with the Giants when they were good. Like, oh, they always play, like they always keep these garbage teams in the game. And, you know, there's something to be said for that. Like teams sometimes do overlook other teams. I know we say every game counts and this and that, but like guys, dude, the Patriots, the Patriots always throw up at least one stinker, whether it's against the, the dolphins, the jets or the bills. Well, that stinker this year cost the Patriots a hundred percent. This, this year, I don't think this year counts as much as previous years. They were other years where the, the Patriots looked absolutely unstoppable. Their offense is rolling 30 points a game. They go down to Miami. There's no possible way that Miami's going to win this game, and then bam, they lose to Miami in Miami because for whatever reason they just can't win down there. But like I, I'm just saying, it just to me it's it's the play down. You know, like for whatever reason, it's just in your mind. We're going to roll this team. I'm already looking on to the next. You know, and you get caught up. Yeah. I mean, I just I, I buy into that, but I also think the Kenyon Drake thing's different. You didn't you weren't planning for him. You didn't know how they were going to use him. He wasn't on their team. You you know he's playing quote unquote behind David Johnson, right? And and all of a sudden right. he's that's the guy you're planning for, a guy who should be a top five running back. Instead, it's Kenyon. Well, Drake. at that at that point, David Johnson was out. Yeah, that's. So. But still, it's it's just uh, I understand where you're going with it. You know, I, I we're we're really trying. <laughs> I think the three of us have all tried to see that scenario where, where Green Bay can somehow eke this game out. And I think we all agree it's, uh, it's going to be on listen, the back of Aaron No, this game, is, this game is far from predetermined. Like, Green Bay right. has a very legit chance to win this game. I just don't think they're going to. Yeah. But, segueing over the a- a- AFC, I think we all picked the Ravens. There was a scenario, I don't think it was any scenario in our minds where we thought Tennessee Titans were going to pull this one off. No, and no they do. No fucking way. In a very I, I, big way. I'm going to say it right now. I gave a snowball's chance in hell of the Titans coming out of that game victorious. No, I mean, again, the man, Derrick Henry. Dude. Yep. He is another awesome. Another 30, 30 rush day. 195 but, yards. Just short of 400 yards rushing in two playoff games. He threw a touchdown. Yeah. Yes, that happened. Jump pass. That was awesome. He pulled the, day, the Tim Tebow. Touchdown nonetheless. Yeah, this has to be the most rushing yards by a player in a game. Actually, no, I think Leonard Fournette went over 200 this year without getting in the end zone. You know, Leonard Fournette only scored three, three rushing touchdowns this year. That's crazy. Yeah, that's, that, that yeah. sounds like uh, positive regression to me. Yeah. But, um, that's a different story altogether. Yeah, 195 yards with no rushing touchdowns. He does get that jump pass touchdown. Um, yeah, dude, I mean, that's the story of it. The, the defense is actually the story. The way they just held Lamar Jackson in check. And yes. you had all the fucking clowns coming out of the woodwork. Oh, we told you Lamar Jackson wouldn't hold up. Come on, man. The dude had a day. His receivers are probably still dropping balls. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude, there were so – I couldn't believe how many balls were getting dropped. Yeah. And they're trying to say, oh, well, he wasn't throwing it accurately enough. And blah, blah. I'm like, motherfucker, Look. I saw him hit three guys in the numbers. Yeah. And they drop it. Which is the way, like, no which way. Is the way the Chiefs game started. Remember, I texted you guys. 
Yes. Looks very familiar. Big drops by one team, big plays by the other. That's exactly how that Houston-Kansas City game started out, too. We'll get to that in a second. Like, Lamar Jackson, I tweeted out on the morning of that game that I was excited for that game because I thought Henry and Lamar would combine for 500 yards of total offense. And I thought about it, and then I sent out another tweet two minutes later saying, I think 500 is a little bit low. 600? <laughs> 700? Like, I said oh 700 being God. sarcastic. Dude, Lamar, 365 passing, 143 rushing. 500 yards by himself. Self, yep. And then you throw in the 295 or 195 rushing. Plus uh, a three-yard three pass. Three yards passing. And then uh, I think he had – yeah, he had – I think like seven, seven yards. Seven yards receiving. So over 200 yards. 707 yards combined between Henry and Jackson. I'm like, I was tongue-in-cheek when I said – I was leaning towards 600 or tongue-in-cheek with 700. This motherfucker's put up 700 yards. <laughs> yeah, Look, so I'll, I'll meet you guys halfway on Lamar Jackson. There were a lot – there was a point where he was definitely pressing – where he felt yes. like he had to do everything himself, uh, that that hurt him. He wasn't turning balls up where he normally would uh, in the run game, and he still had a, a lot, ton of yardage. There were you, you can look at probably fifty percent of his passes. It's a general number, right? That were ducks, and what that does though is it allows your defenders to make better plays and get better position on your wide receiver. So yes, there was blatant hit, hit him in the number of drops. But there were also some really bad duck passes that that also I think play a big factor in it. So, yeah. has he has he come a long way since last year? Absolutely. Did he have a phenomenal game? Without a doubt. I, I Those think little details I, clean him up, and he'll be even better next year. I think Lamar Jackson is in the ear of the Ravens GM saying, "Get me one of those kids that played on the outside on uh, Monday night. Get me one of those kids, yeah. and we'll see what we do." <laughs> just 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 one that. Oh, Alshon Jeffries available for, in a trade. Send two of these bumps to the Eagles in a draft pick. Get me Alshon Jeffrey. Get me one of these big, fast rookies from LSU or Clemson. And then we'll see what I can do. Right. Because if you keep, you, you keep Hollywood Brown to clear space and you have one of these other big guys underneath, I'll, I'll even take – That dude's a roadrunner. Yeah, I'll, I'll even take – You put a Jefferson or T, H- or T. Higgins with him? Yeah. Mm. Well, again – the other big deficiency I see with them, I still think they need to improve their defense a little bit. I think that they could be, you know, they're not as locked down as we're used to seeing the Ravens. Usually that's how they carried their team. Yeah. Now we're seeing it in a different way, which is cool. Um, we haven't seen the end of that team. I think that that team is good. There was a little bit of quicksand. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's just what happened in that game. Kudos to Tennessee. Kudos to Mike Rabel. They did great. Um, and the, the crazy part is, I don't know if they're done, man. I'll, I'll, I'll be 100%. Like, the, this game coming up is going to be wild. Yeah. Does anybody have the feeling that this game is going to go Tennessee's way? Like, I – Like, I, you can flip a coin. As, as almost sure that I am that the 49ers are going to win this game against the Packers, I am unsure about who's really going to win this game. All right, so yeah. let's, get into the, let's get into this Kansas City game. Best game of the weekend, in my opinion. Houston oh, comes man. out the gate. And they are absolutely kicking the shit out of Kansas City. And then 24 nothing at one point. And then Bill O'Brien, Bill O'Brien, whatever the hell his name is, Bill O'Brien decides. You you nailed it. It's fourth and three. I have an uber athletic quarterback. I'm going to fake punt it and not get it. And then from that point, the, the, the Chiefs scored two plays later, holding the three and out. 
or no, they kick the ball off. The guy fumbles the kickoff. Chiefs score two plays later. So within a matter of four plays from that fake punt, it went from 24 nothing to 24-14. Yep. And I know you got to the playoffs. I know you won your first game in the playoffs. You got to the second game. You had 24 nothing lead. All is gravy, right? Right? Everything's perfect. Dude, you went into the half losing. Losing. At 24 you nothing, you run, you run a fake half. punt in your own territory. That fake punt, dude, when – when That I, changed I, the tide of the game. The, it's a fireball offense. It's a fireball offense. I should go through the text thread that I – because we had a great text thread throughout this game. I'm telling you guys. It was I, over. I, I, te- I think I texted touchdown here, it. and it's over. 24 nothing. no way. And then he left the door open for showtime. He comes on, and he does nothing but throw touchdowns on every drive for the next seven drives. They have a video of him talking to the sideline when they're down 21 nothing, And he says to every single guy, do something special, make a play. They're counting us out already. Yep. Do you uh, want to talk about the roughly- difference between, between a Pat Mahomes and a Jameis Winston? It's that. Yeah, because the guys, every word he said, his teammates were yep. into. When Jameis Winston talks, his teammates are walking around. They're grabbing water. They're laughing <laughs> at him behind his back. Like, and I'm not saying it to be an asshole, but watch the Trigger. video. Yeah. Watch, no. watch the video of him eating the W and his teammates looking at him like, what the – what are you doing? Yep. There yep. are other ones. Like, I, I, you know, even the, the glass is always full even like, if it's not full. Like, like what are you on, saying, dude? He gets, he gets too crazy with that kind of stuff. But Mahomes just kept it simple, you know, and, and laid it on the floor. Yep. They're counting us out. They think that this is over. Let's show them it's not over. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he that's, he, that's, he, owned, yeah, he owned the sideline, and then he went out. He owned the field. Yeah. He said, all right. I mean, dude, but there was, he, they were dropping balls left and right. They were getting penalties. They were missing all special sudden, teams. It just clicked. It went, it went together. It couldn't have gone together any better. No. The look on Andy Reid's face as they scored every touchdown was priceless. It's like somebody just gave him a, a tray of cheesesteaks. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, I didn't know I was like, still I, mean, I guess O'Brien's thinking that fake punt. He's thinking I, I need to keep momentum. I'm losing momentum. Because at that point they had it one touchdown. Am I right? It was twenty four no, to seven. It was twenty four nothing. Dude, he is out of his mind. Twenty four nothing. What are you? Dude. And that would have been what the first punt of the, his first punt of the game. Yeah. What are you doing? But I mean, I, I guess it, they have I, it. it was they from scored. their territory. I get like barely. It was like the forty-eight. But still, why not pin them deep? They haven't been pin able to get deep. anything going. The receivers are skittish. They're dropping balls. Kelsey had a huge drop on a third down that would have kept the drive alive. Like, like the Kelsey droplet. It went from the Kelsey drop, which would have been a first down, to they punt. They blocked the punt, return it for a touchdown. Like it was a huge momentum swing. You don't think that's eating in his head? He's going to start pressing a little bit, and it's going to start. Kelsey's a very emotional player. He tends to drop a lot of passes when when the when the pressure's on. Like yeah, but all of a sudden, like Bill O'Brien, you effectively took your own foot off of their neck. There was an injury there. I can't remember the name of the guy who was covering Kelsey, but uh, I know that yeah, he was that, basically he came back in the game. I mean, you can he was not there for the first touchdown, and then he was there for the next six. <laughs> yeah. He was there for the next six. Exactly. But, A lot more touchdowns. You know, uh, it, Do you see the sign that they put up in Kansas City? 
They apologize to the fans due to all the scoring and your great support. We have run out of celebration fireworks. There will be no more f- fireworks after the Chiefs touchdown. <laughs> Yo, they scored so much they That's broke so the celebration good. station, dude. That's like, so <laughs> awesome. That one's great. That one's amazing. Please tell me that you saw the kid that said, I'm bad luck. I have to leave the game. I did. And then Mahomes, he tweeted something. He goes, yes. what should I do next game? And Mahomes goes, nah, man, stay home. Stay home. <laughs> dude, dude. Kid was like, I'm bad luck. I'm leaving the stadium. And then all of a sudden they came back and won the game. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, – whatever. I don't believe Good for you. Yeah, like good that. for you, man. Like, if you think you're the guy that's pulling that bad yeah. juju on your team, you get your ass out of that stadium. <laughs> get your yeah, ass that's out great. Of but, I, I mean, honestly, guys, like, uh, I, I don't think O'Brien's going to get fired. First of all, he is the GM. Yeah, he's not going to get right? fired, but he should. Like, he should. Because right? he's, he's he, I mean, we talk about Jason Garrett. Coached himself right out of a win. We, we talk about Jason Garrett doing nothing with a, an abundance of talent. The fuck is he going with the best receiver in football, one of the better, most athletic, more athletic quarterbacks in football, uh, he's had decent running games in, until injuries in the past. You know, he's he's had a top five defensive player in the league on, on his team. At one point, he had Clowney and Watt. Like, this is a team that is built to at least go to the AFC Championship, and they're barely a 500, te- 500 team year in, year out. How long has he been there? It's always, it's always uh, six years, maybe or five years. At least six. At least six. He's years. a clown, dude. He's a, yeah. he's a fucking clown. You got and that. Like, you got that kind of time in. Yeah, I think well, you got to go. Now, now, all right. He traded. I don't. I don't know how many first round picks they've they've lost because they traded a first round pick to Miami for Tunsil, at least one. Yeah, I think it's their next two. Am I wrong? Maybe I don't think so. But I, I, I think, think they got one. Did I, they get one back for Clowney? I don't know. I don't think so. Oh yeah, you're right. They did get a first round pick for Clowney, but still, I'm telling you, man, the team is. I'm with you guys. I, I don't understand. No, you know but I mean? and like, this is also a coach that has had over the years. He's had the choker label for the playoffs. Like they've had terrible playoff performances. I mean this this one self inflicted. It's just not proof. It's just not the proof. Like, how do you twenty four nothing? Twenty four nothing. Then and then twenty four nothing on the road the half. and you fake punt. You're not even winning at the half. Like you lost the lead in a quarter, in a quarter, up by four scores. Oh no, no, no! Here's the here's the uh, specs for the Clowny deal. Uh, they sent the Seahawks sent Clowny. The Seahawks are sending Texas two players, Jacob Martin and Barkevius Mingo, and a 2020 third round pick. Yeah, that's a steal. It is a steal. They don't have a first round pick this year because they no, they definitely I'm don't have a right first now, round this year. They traded. They traded. I think they traded two first-round picks to get Tunsil. I, I'm not positive, but I feel pretty close to it that they had to trade two first-round picks to get to get Tunsil. All right. Well, here we go. Uh, the Dolphins ship Tunsil and wide receiver Kenny Stills in a fourth-round pick in 2020, a sixth round in 2021. The Houston in return they'll receive a pair of first-round picks in 2020, 2020 and 2021. His second round pick in 2021 and cornerback, yeah, whoever that guy is, yep, and some other guy, and a piece, <laughs> so, and a piece of paper. Guy. So uh, they got two first round picks and a second round pick 
or they gave up two first rounds in a second for Larry Mutunsel, who's a pretty good left tackle, and they gave up one of the most dynamic pass rushers and barely got a third-round pick. So how are they going to build from here? And I'm sorry, but J.J. Watt at this point, right? Like J.J. JJ eight-game Watt? Is that what you're Luke talking Keekley about? Just, yeah, Luke Keekley retired today. Did you guys see that? Yeah, he retired yesterday. Who would, who would you rather have, Keekley or, or Watt? See, while we were doing prep for the show last night, we were watching his retirement speech <laughs> while somebody was sleeping. Yep, I was asleep. <laughs> All right. I couldn't get through the show without, without getting it in there. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> Almost Sorry, made sleeping. it. Sorry, Sleeping Beauty. All right, let's move this on. Yeah. So, so let's talk about next week. Although we already did, except for who do we have in that Titans Chiefs game? Oh, well, I, I, I fuck it. I'm I'm rooting for for Kansas City. I want Mahomes in the in the big game. So I have yeah. a little bit of a selfish thing here. I'm in a fantasy playoff pool. I am in third place. I am five points out of first place. Um, in the out of the top five, three of the top five teams all have the same players. The the fifth place team and myself are the only two with diff, with a couple different players. My four left, I have Garoppolo, Henry, Kelsey, and Devontae Adams left. Um, the first, second, and fourth place teams have Henry, Mostert, Adams, and Kelsey. So the only way I can gain ground on them is with Garoppolo. And the guy in fifth has Mahomes, Mostert, Henry, and Kelsey. So <laughs> I need a big day out of Garoppolo. And I need Kansas City to lose to Tennessee. <laughs> now, what I think is going to happen is I think Kansas City is going to win this game, and it's going to be a tight one. I don't think it's going to be a 30-plus point game. I think they're going to score somewhere in the mid-20s. And I think Tennessee is probably going to score 17. I think it's going to be 24-17 Kansas City. But I could just as easily see Derrick Henry eat that clock up and win a game, win the game like, I don't know, 20-17. to 17. Yeah, so. I, I think last week they proved there's a formula for it. You a lot of Derrick Henry, whole hell of a lot of Derrick Henry, and that guys, good defense. Guys, he just broke Wonder Boy. What is he going to do? Oh, I have the natural one in the background. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks, John. Is anyone else? No idea just, what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> is anyone else just absolutely like, like in heaven that we're not talking about? New England Patriots being involved in the in the playoffs right now. So my like, my wife doesn't really follow football. She'll watch, but she doesn't really pay attention. And we were talking about it through a Super Bowl party every year, and we're talking about. It. She's like, I really hope the game's good this year. I'm like, it will be. She goes, Why? Because the Patriots aren't in it. I'm like, Yeah. There you go. Yeah, because they they, they they dragged them such boring a boring games. fucking yeah. team to watch. Dude. Yes. So anyway, I still have the Chiefs. Get, so get, all, get, get Andy, get Andy Reid his his Super Bowl win. I, so we're I all think he deserves with, it. We're all going with the kingdom, huh? Like I, I said, this, this point, is a coin flip. You know, there's a formula just, for the Titans. Just, just I like because I like to be contrarian, I'm going to go Tennessee. You think Tennessee's going to win this game? I, dude, I have this nagging suspicion Tennessee's going to win this game. You think Tennessee's going to win? I, I don't. I'm telling you right now, I'm not. I'm rooting for Kansas City, you know, honestly. I just uh, – My heart says KC. My head says Tennessee. Mike Vrabel went on fucking an interview saying he cut his dick off to win a Super Bowl. 
Like, legit quote from an NFL head coach said he would cut his dick off to win a Super Bowl. And <laughs> that, somebody that better be get the scissors favorite. ready because he's about to get Lorena bobbited. So My favorite Gridiron Heights ever yeah. might be that that one. Vrabel, no! Vrabel, right. no! I just want to sit under the lights for a little bit longer. And if, if any of the listeners haven't watched Gridiron Heights ever, I don't think you go find it. Go look playing. it up on Bleacher Report and find that episode because that is hilarious. I, I actually, I really, I might watch every single one of those episodes over again in the off season just because they were so amazing. Oh, my new favorite thing is they go through and they show you all the Easter eggs. They have an article a couple days later and they show you all yep. the Easter eggs from it. It's great. So much. Like there's so much. Eli Manning is in every episode of of Gridiron Heights. Some way, somehow, some form. Eli Manning is in every episode, and Roy Hobbs just hit one to the lights, boys. Nice, dude. My favorite, <laughs> my favorite part of this week's episode was when Larry Fitzgerald's sitting on the blob. He's like, "Send me in the air, Kyler." Kyler <laughs> jumps down on the blob, and Larry doesn't move anywhere. <laughs> no, see, the other one when it's like, oh there, my God. he's like, "We're only, we're, uh, what is it?" Can't friends aren't real friends anyway. <laughs> oh man! All oh, right, and, uh, and the wheels are off. So, so Titans, Tennessee Titans. Final answer, champ. I'm going to go Titans, man. I, like I said, my heart says KC, my head says Tennessee. I, mean, I have no idea why. I have nothing to back it up other than I think that Derrick Henry is going to get 37 touches. He's going to run for 240 yards. If you remember, there's one thing that I remember from early in the season, and I forget who they were playing. But Kansas City just could not stop a subpar running back, and he ran for like 150 yards. And it was against the Colts. No, it was Marlon Mack and the Colts. And Marlon Mack, they just kept handing it to Marlon Mack, and he just kept with like eight. They had got the ball left with like eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, and they went on this six six minute and fifty second drive, and they didn't throw the ball once. They just kept handing it to Mack, and he just kept gashing them, gashing them, and gashing them. And I, I think Marlon Mack is no. Yeah, Henry. You know, Derek Henry. The prop. The big problem is keeping Henry uh, almost uh, not on a leash. That's not the right word, but you know, that's the thing. Is will he just take off down, you know, down the field and go? I, yeah, you're right. Because if the, he scores those long touchdowns and the Chiefs get the ball right back, they're going to score. Yeah. You have I to agree keep 100. The, the the best way to defend Pat Mahomes is to keep Pat Mahomes on the sideline. Right. Exactly. You Kill keep the clock. Hill. Miko Harmon and Travis Kelsey that, that trio. and Bernard Pingle and whatever one of the Williams brothers shows up at running back, <laughs> and you keep those guys on the sideline. Side I mean, Damian Williams have had four... a monster game last He did. He had a great game. Do you know they have four running backs named named Williams? They have four. It's not three. I thought it was just three. I think, you, I think you just made that up. Yeah, I, I do. No, I'm not. I'm not practice I'm squad guy. I've been, I've, been, I've been weeding through the dynasty lineups and looking for gems and whatever, and I'm like, who is this guy? Yeah. Either uh, way, one, it's just absurd. One Titans, two Chiefs. Everybody picked the 49ers. Yeah, so we got a 49. I, I really want to see that offense versus that defense, though. Yeah, 49ers. 49ers-Chiefs. That's, that's, that's my that, that Chiefs front Because that Chiefs front five is so much better than the Packers front five. And I, I want to see them go City... against that San Francisco front four. I think that would be such a great – the, the, the gameplay there is going to be amazing. I don't, I don't know. I really want to pick the Chiefs. Oh, 
<laughs> I think Chiefs 35-21. Do you think it's going to be that much? You think it's going to be that high scoring? I don't think there's going to be that if, many possessions in the game, Mike. I don't. If they win, if they win, I think it's because Kansas City put up a bunch of points. So I have a question for you. We're sitting here talking about Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry. What if they come out and just start dropping bombs to AJ Brown and Corey Davis? I mean, I could see that happening. Too. They're going to do. Listen to me. Rabel's a smart coach. That's the one thing I can tell you from watching this year. He's smart, and you got to attack the weakness of a team, right? What you know, Kansas City again, secondary is a little challenged, right? Yeah, so but think- they're they're one of the worst teams in the league against the run. They're not much better against the pass, but they they do have a very good uh, player leading that secondary with Teron Matthew. However, you say his name, Ty- Tyron Matthew, uh, it, Tyron it, Matthew, whatever, it's fine. Honey Badger, him and his little love fest, every hugging. Hugging Watson every five seconds was unnecessary, but whatever. <laughs> well, he's one of those. Oh, we're friends. He's one of those he LSU. On the same team. He's one of those LSU guys, and you know how little touchy feely they could be with other guys. So, oh, that's a great. Su- that's, that's a great, great segue. Speaking of LSU and the newest NCAA football champion Tigers, um, it's going to be. How do you pronounce sh- this guy's last name? Is or- Orgeron? Orgeron? Coach O. Coach o. Ed Orgeron. Just Coach O. Just Coach o. By the way. This man, was there any, anybody in the history of the world who was born to be a college head coach more than this uh, man? For dude, just if, LSU. Man, if there was a movie about a college football team, he would be cast as the guy playing as the, the coach. coach. Listen, do you know how they always say, like, who's the guy that, that would, like, like uh, whatever, commentate your your the movie about you? Most people pick, like, Morgan Freeman. Not me. Nah, man, I, I, want, I want Coach I want, uh, O. I want, I want Sam Coach Elliott. O in the background talking about me. That's what I want. I want Sam Elliott, dude. <laughs> oh, I got Coach O. You can have Sam Elliott. <laughs> so anyway, so let's talk about this game a little bit. What's uh? All right, so game was awesome. Uh, I think the game really turned for the worst for Clemson when um, what the hell is the middle linebacker Mausak? Uh, no, uh, Skowski. When uh, Mausak's a character from The Witcher. Yes, the absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, completely wrong topic. Yeah, but uh, right. when, when Skowski got booted from the game for targeting. Uh, it was kind of a bullshit call. It was the right call, but it's kind of a bullshit call. I mean, it was a clean hit. It's just too touchy-feely anymore in football. When he got booted, the game kind of turned on its ear for Clemson. I think Trevor Lawrence looked a little more human than he has in his 26-game win streak. But one thing was abundant. There was tons of first-round talent for your dynasty leagues in that game the other night. Couple of good running backs uh, on the field in that game. Edwards Hilaire, uh, Etienne, both running backs that could go early in the draft. You had four receivers that could go. You had Ross and Higgins on Clemson. You had um, Jefferson Chase, and Chase and Jefferson, out in, right? Out in LSU. You got Randy Moss's son playing tight end for LSU. He hasn't declared yet, but there's uh, rumblings that that could happen. Um, Tons and tons and tons of first round talent. You got and the Burrow. number one. You got the yeah. number one overall pick in Joe Burrow this year. You got the number one overall pick in. Uh, why, why am I fucking drawing blanks on everybody's name? Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence next year. Like I'm like brain dead tonight. <laughs> you know. So Trevor Lawrence didn't seem to be throwing the ball as much as I expected him to be. Were they just trying to get fancy with it? Or... Well, that's another thing. We talk about first-round talent. You're looking at maybe the best secondary 
in college football history. Every one of those kids in the secondary for LSU will be a first-round pick either this year or so the next few years. Who is 24 from LSU? Was that Stingley Jr.? Stingley. Yeah. Holy shit on a shingle, that guy's good. True freshman. What? True what? freshman. <laughs> what? Yeah. That kid is yeah. so wicked. He, Are you kidding me? He is going to be – he has a shot to be the number one overall pick as a corner. Wow. Yeah. If he keeps up – if he keeps his progression up, He's def. I mean, he's, you know, Jalen Ramsey went, what, five, six? He'll yeah. go higher than Ramsey did. No, wow. There's no way you leave a kid with that kind of talent on the board past three. Dude, they they tried a couple times and, uh, like, he. No, you just don't. Was, you don't try on him. He was spectacular. That's and, crazy. And like, you're you're going to say, oh, well, he had no tackles. He had no this. He had no that. Yeah, because they didn't throw it to him. They can't. Right. That's what a lockdown corner yeah, is. Exactly. You lock it down so much they don't even bother looking at you. Yeah. Full, well, full will be, Island. Full That's what they be called a first-round this year. Um, I got... so, it's just there are tons of guys that are going to go in there. That's ridiculous, man. Just like looking at this. That's I mean – it was going to be a long shot for Clemson to win this game. I know Clemson was returning champions. They're on a 25-game win streak. But LSU was just running it up on everybody this year, man. They, just, they were just steamrolling everybody. I mean, once Burrow found his stride, it was, it was done. And yeah, he, was put, he put up Madden numbers. 463 for five touchdowns and no interceptions. And that's a record for uh, college football championships. Is that correct? Yes. He also set the college football – Season record for touchdowns too at sixty five. Jesus, dude. Yeah, I mean, I, on an undefeated team, Heisman Trophy winner. Not hard to see why he he was throwing some friggin' balls. I, I, I was I was dumbfounded. Like, it's, too, I, I, it's just too bad that Cincinnati has for, for at one year. point in the game it looked like he was doing thirty five yard handoffs. My buddy. <laughs> my buddy told me he's like, listen, look up this one particular touchdown. That Joe Burrow threw, he goes, he throws the ball up in the air and then he looks away to the sideline because he knew it was a touchdown. He didn't even watch it. No, so I was talking to my brother. I I I think I know what touchdown you're talking about. And I said, yo, it's a cornhole touchdown. He's like, huh? I was like, you ever throw a bag in cornhole? You're like, oh, that's it. And you grab your beer and start drinking. But that's what he did. He threw the ball and then didn't even watch it and just started to walk. No, just walk walk to the (laughs) the bench. That's it. it. Boom, done. And, And. Oh man, like this kid's got the goods to be in, sure. to be in a game with Trevor Lawrence and make Trevor Lawrence look like a, a lower tier quarterback than you. That's saying something, and it's just a shame this guy's going to go play for Cleveland. He should pull an Eli I, and say, I'm not, no, or Cincinnati, Cincinnati. Sorry, yeah, Cincinnati. Fuck, man, we should did this show last night. I'm too goddamn tired. Right. <laughs> so I had to look up. Apparently, there was this negative tweet. He says, uh, "By the way, skyline is terrible." I have no idea what skyline skyline is. You you never had skyline chili. Apparently, skyline no, no. chili it, it, skyline is chili on top of pasta with ketchup or some shit. Yeah, I I um so I have family that lives in Cincinnati. All right, and the first place they brought me when I got there was skyline chili, and I I'm basically the same exact way that you're reacting right now. I'm like, who wants to eat chili on pasta with ketchup? Right. There's it's nothing right about anything you just said. So there there is no ketchup on it it's not ketchup it's just it's chili but it's it's not 
terrible, but it's not great either. Oh, with cheddar and cheese so on top, yeah. I agree with his take. Yeah. Let me just let me get it back. I agree with his take. All right. Like, listen, uh, I'm sure this is breaking the hearts of of my cousins over in Cincinnati, but I, I don't. Hey, Mike's cousins in Cincinnati. Eat your chili the way it's supposed to be. Shredded cheddar cheese, sour cream, and chili. There's no fucking pasta it. in it. There's there no, no cheddar cheese sauce. Chili. There's no ketchup. There's no funyuns. Oh, that might be good though. But <laughs> that's actually on point. See it the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> Oyster crackers. That's about as so. Let's far as let's you get let's get to the meat of this game. The most important thing that happened in this game happened during the celebration when Mister Me himself decided he's going to hand wads of cash to players on the sideline while on camera. And of the course, ladies and this? gentlemen, we are talking no. about Odell Beckham Odell Jr. Beckham Jr. I know who did it. I was just making a joke. I mean. Like you couldn't wait oh, to get, get in the it, locker room. They're both to do idiots. It. Okay. You couldn't wait. You couldn't wait till you got into the locker room to do that. You, you had to do it in front of the cameras, and of course, he did it in front of the CN. I didn't even know CNN did sports. He did it in front of a CNN reporter, so you know they're gonna blow it the fuck up. Basically, and then he comes is... out and says it's fake cash. All right, so you're now that much of a me guy. You're walking around with fake money in your pocket to give to people. <laughs> Bullshit. He was trying to. He's trying to make a point, I think, but at the same time. You're going to make your point, and you really are going to uh, make big, big problems for your alma mater. Yeah, like that's like you might not be allowed to ever go see a game again. That's how bad you just fucked up. Yeah, and I think the the thing for him is I think he gave it to players that are leaving school, so it shouldn't affect them too bad. But if he gave that to another, if he gives that to Stingley, they could suspend him. They can rule him ineligible. They've done it for less. They've literally done it for less. You know that it's a rule. Like, you know that the NCAA comes down hard on these type of situations, and you still went out of your way to make a point to do it. Yeah. it's. I don't think he went out of his way to make a point. I think Odell Beckham saw a camera and wanted the press for himself, and that's what he did. Well, he got it. Guess what? You know what? If, I, if I'm if i LSU, guess what? You're not, invi- you're not allowed to attend another game. I mean, for like, uh, ever. What, what kind of selfish... Like, Boneheaded move out of your is that? fucking mind. Because now, even if even if he is handing out fake money, even if they gave that money back and they don't get, but don't you think the NCAA officials think like, all right, well, if he thinks that's okay, then that had to be going on while he was there, which means it's probably part of this culture. Maybe we should start digging. Maybe we should start investigating. And that's not. And next thing you know, this great thing that just happened on Monday for LSU goes away because Odell Beckham had had to have the camera on him. Yeah, well, he don't give a shit. You guys he doesn't know, give a shit what happens you guys at LSU. Know I'm an Odell guy, and I have been, and it's just getting harder and harder and harder to stay an Odell guy because it's just at it's this really point, not that hard. At, at this point, like it's just like, come on, man, you're just you're just looking for things to get to to get pissed off at the media for being pissed off at you for. Yeah, he's on his way to become the next Antonio Brown. Uh, he's, he's no, a shithead. Oh, I mean, he hasn't been doing. I mean, we don't. Are we going to get into that? We, no, we're, no, we're no, 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 no. We could spend an entire show but, on uh, that no, fucking he, video. That, that idiot. But the my point dicks. is, my point is, the bag of dicks. He's yeah, that he's he's you know he's no longer even a top five wide receiver in terms of fantasy. He was completely irrelevant on Cleveland Browns. He had he worse numbers to, than Hunter Renfro. He he wanted to become relevant again, and he comes off just looking like a scumbag and an asshole. Do you guys, do you guys want to hear? Uh, this is a cool stat that I heard today on one of my podcasts. If you took the stats from Michael Thomas's home games, he had more fantasy points than Odell Beckham's entire year. 
Yeah, I did. See I that. believe that. No doubt in my mind, I believe that. I think uh, I think that Mike Wright from the Fantasy Footballers tweeted that out the other day. That is correct. That's where I heard it. Half half of Michael Thomas half of Michael Thomas's games was more than Odell Beckham's entire season. <laughs> I mean, okay, <laughs> you know, I mean. I'm sorry, it just didn't work out. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so speaking, speaking of Michael Thomas, there was uh, he tweeted about the Vikings losing the or whatever, and then somebody the from the Vikings uh, responded to that like, now, now imagine him saying this in his squeaky ass voice. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> dude, you look at Michael Thomas and you're like, you, you get a picture of what he's going to sound like, and then he talks. You're like, oh, that wasn't what I was expecting. <laughs> dude, who cares what that guy sounds like? He catches 150. 143 receptions. That is absurd. Listen to me. That was the other stat that I heard today. You know how many catchable balls he had thrown his way this season? 155. And he caught how many balls? 143. That's 96%. I would actually like to relook at that stat. How many balls did he catch that were deemed, that would have been deemed uncatchable that he actually catched? I'm telling you right now. 155 deemed catchable balls. That's what was thrown his way, and he caught 147. 43. 143. Whatever. Still, he's a beast. My, my brain hurts from all the numbers. It's, it's what the fuck? About 90%. That, guy could, talk, that guy could talk like a donkey. I don't give a fuck. Michael Thomas, top five pick next year in redraft? Yes. He's in my yes. world. I'm telling you right now, I'm drafting him ahead of Saquon Barkley next year. That might be right. the dumbest thing you've ever said. No, I'm doing it. <laughs> The only person I'm drafting ahead of him right now Derek is Henry. CMC. Yeah. No, CMC. CMC, Derek Henry, Saquon Barkley. You're Derek Henry ahead of Michael Thomas still? Maybe. Depends on where he I'm goes. If he signs with I'm Tennessee again, yet. maybe. If he goes somewhere else, no. I'm not there yet. I'm not there. I could almost see an argument for going Barkley ahead of him. I, I'll be honest with you, man. Like I just, I think that I just hate the Giants right and, now so much. Well, that, no, no, well they need offensive linemen. Pump your brakes on Michael Thomas because there's something that's very important that's still up in the air with him. Oh, you have a good point there. If well, listen, he played decently with Teddy Bridgewater for five games. I mean, it wasn't Drew Brees good, but it was, you know, he. Yeah, he but it was a very limited playbook and a limited limited game plan. Yeah, but now, now they're going to have to deploy if, that. They're going to have to deploy a full game plan with Teddy Bridgewater throughout the entire season. If they even sign Teddy Bridgewater, it might be Taysom Hill at quarterback next year. That would be – dude, there's a lot of – very. there's so many things that need to play out, you know, before we start deciding who's right. who's what. And that's – Which is why we wait for the draft. Yeah, we got to wait for a lot of things to happen before we decide what we're doing. I personally think Breeze doesn't like the way the season ended, and he's going to come back. Yeah, like I I've said all along, if they win it this year, he's not coming back. He's going out on the side on 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 the high note. He's trying to go out on the high horse. He'll try and go out on the high horse until he can't come back. Yeah, that's basically what it is. He's either going to win it or die trying. Yes. Right, and by die trying, I just mean okay, I'm old and I can't do this no more. Like that's. <laughs> all right, he folks. wasn't the problem. He wasn't the problem in that the game that they lost. I mean. Don't, don't be wrong. The, the fumble was bad. The fumble was real bad. He was running for his life, but there were other issues. That was a Daniel Jones fumble. It was pretty bad. It was a bad fumble. All right. I heard you say all right, guys. That's Jimmy, it. I'm getting ready to wrap this thing up. Run along. So, 
I think that's all we got for you tonight, fellas. So, uh, you know, find us on the Welcome to the Pod, uh, Welcome to the Show podcast, wttspod.com, uh, at Hotheads Podcast, Hotheads with a Z on Twitter. Until next week, later. Fire Dave Gettleman. <laughs>